Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Sentry, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Sentry.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available on all states. See policy for complete coverage details. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. When Bet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we worked out our hormones on the gut reaction last night. Raw, off the cuff, is what it was. We call this the aftermath episode for a reason. One day removed with some time to kind of marinate on things, ruminate, ponder, philosophize. How are you feeling about Denver's Week 13 performance and what lies ahead where this team goes from here in uh, 2021? What are you, a philosophizer? Such such a great movie. I feel the exact same, honestly. I mean, even thinking more so back on it, the stats that I'm tweeting out and some of the things I've been reading uh, for the output they got from their highly paid wide receivers, how bad Teddy Bridgewater played. I re- went back and rewatched the game. I counted at least five potential should-be interceptions for Teddy. He was downright dreadful. He actually had the lowest passer rating of his season, 62.2. Just had an article go up at MHH.com where Vic Fangio said after the game that Teddy did a lot of good things. What good things? How could you come away with that thinking Teddy did anything good? They squandered, Chad, a 100-yard rushing effort from Javante Williams and a defense that held Mahomes to less than 200 yards and no passing touchdowns. And a lot of Teddy's stats came in garbage time. So I'm still feeling the same. 
the sooner Black Monday rolls around, which is now 35 days less than and counting, the better off the Broncos will be. I cannot wait to get to that date because nothing will change in the Broncos organization until that date rolls around. What's crazy is Vic Fangio essentially agreed with you on the point of talking about the Broncos passing game. I want to see if I can find this quote. If not, I'll paraphrase it. But um, what's it going to take to get your pass game going, basically? And, and how do you feel you, you did uh, through the air last night? And he basically acknowledged that what did we pass for? Something like 250 yards. And most of that came on the last two possessions in garbage time. You know, not good enough. We're going to tweak a few things and figure it out. That's me paraphrasing what Vic said. And unfortunately, when you're now 13 weeks into the season, entering week 14, and you're in the third year of these type of platitudes where it's said, but nothing changes, no accountability, no feel for, hey, we recognize where things are actually off kilter, because that's the first step in fixing the problem, right? You got to recognize the problem. You got to know what it is so that you can then take the steps to rectify it. I don't feel confident, Zach, that Vic Fangio truly recognizes what problems this team has. So how in the Sam Hill could I have any faith that he and his staff have what it takes to fix it? Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Because when you are the problem, you can't recognize the problem or you're unwilling to recognize the problem. So Vic Fangio, just like John Elway would never, look in the mirror and admit that he failed. Vic Fangio failed the Broncos. He failed as a head coach. He is the biggest problem plaguing Denver right now. And he can't come out and say that. Otherwise, they might as well just quit and never coach again. So that's the whole issue with that. Everything is a subplot to the main plot that is Vic Fangio. Everything rots underneath him, the head of this fish, so to speak. Very interesting. Everything rots under Vic Fangio. Travis Tarbox, put it on a shirt, baby. Maybe we'll need to do that. Travis says, evening priest and Broncos country, uh, still sick of losing to the Chiefs, but always Denver Broncos for life. Hey, there's always the season finale. At least that one will be in Denver. And you know what? By that point, Zach, the, the Chiefs could be resting starters. So you never know. We're used to the Broncos playing Raiders in, in season finales. Most of the time, those games are meaningless, at least post-Super Bowl 50 for both teams. This time, though, who knows? Maybe the Broncos will actually snap the streak because they're playing Chief backups in, in Week 17. Dave, appreciate you, buddy. He says, I'm over Vic, Pat, Tom, and Teddy. Yeah, dude, it's uh, we're in, I guess I wouldn't say uncharted territory, but the most frustrating aspect of this, Zach, isn't just the fact that you lost, isn't just the fact that it's 12th straight loss, 
it's that, and this is kind of the vibe I got listening to Vic today was that his answers coming off as canned and like, I uh, exacerbate, exacerbate, not exacerbated, exasperated. There we go. There we go. I got it. Like, he just doesn't know, dude. What, what exasperated exasperated. Yeah, that's right. Scott's shaking his head. All right, guys, correct me. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Like, he's just like, hands up, you know, he's like, I don't know what else to tell you. So I'm just going to feed you these one liners that, you know, that's, <laughs> that's all he's been winner laws, good or bad. That's Fangio. He's really just not cut out for the job. And he demonstrates that every day. But to what you said about beating the Chiefs in the finale, how meaningless that would be just for everything. I mean, talk about a moral victory. We're going to miss the playoffs again. Another losing downward season. The Chiefs are going on to the playoffs, but we're going to beat them in a meaningless game. And it would be peak Vic Fangio as you look up exasperated Chad. <laughs> for my be, own sanity. It would be, be peak Vic Fangio to crater the Broncos draft slotting in the final game just for one meaningless ego-driven victory. Again, the sooner Black Monday rolls around, 35 days, the better off. Cody Dub, what's going on, big dog? Appreciate you. Especially how consistent you've been lately. He says, the defense looking damn good. and offense was crap. That's being kind. Yes, it is. Although, I'll say this. I can't really say the offense was crap exactly. when you had a historic performance yep. from Javante Williams. But the passing offense, yep. no rhythm, no ability to close in key moments. And by that, I mean third down and the red zone. This is what continues to haunt the Broncos. And then we'll grab Michaela right now, the Duchess from the top rope. What's up, my friend? Thank you so much Thank for you, that Michaela. very generous super chat. Keeping the lights on here at MHH Central. She says it's time to take out the trash. The trash trucks are coming. LOL. That they are, Zach. Can't wait. I mean, the sooner they're hauled out of Dove Valley, the better. And I just, you know, I hate to keep bemoaning that point and rooting for people to lose their jobs, but it's a results-based business, and I think Vic Fangio's had long enough now to show what he is or isn't at this level, and what he isn't is an NFL head coach. You can argue that he's a great defensive coordinator. I would say good defensive coordinator, but not an NFL head coach, certainly not in Denver. Love you, Michaela. By the way, we never got that uh, selfie with the jersey. We need that for Instagram. Let's go. Dennis Woods, a legendary member of our community, been with us since we began, and probably before, since we began these live stream pods back in, when was that, Zach? Was it 2020? No, it was 2019. No, it was 2020. I think it was 2020. It was. No. During the pandemic. No, No, it was before that. It was 2019. It was Vic Maiden season. Um, anyway, Dennis, you're a legend up there in Michigan. See, I remember these things. I know what's up. I care about my community. I care about my fans and this audience. He says, Vic should go playoffs or not. You know, here's the thing about that. If he makes the playoffs, let's just say like through some dastardly deed of football, you know, I don't know. What would you call it? We'll just say numbers like weird, um, outliers. The Broncos managed to qualify. All right, like maybe they back it. Look at the 11 Broncos as an example, the Tim Tebow season, right? They get out in front on the AFC West and then lose their last three games and still back into the playoffs winning that AFC West because of just it's the way the stars aligned. If that were to happen for these Denver Broncos, what chance do you think Vic would have of sticking around? You know, honestly, at that point, I think George Payton would keep him around. I mean, he's the head coach. 
that got the Broncos back to the postseason for the first time since Peyton Manning. And that's going to count for something, if only for morale and, you know, a figurative banner you're going to hang around the team facility. Uh, I think he would come back under those circumstances. But I, I see some people on Twitter who think uh, it would take a playoff win to cement Fangio as the head coach for 22. I think a playoff berth would uh, do that, but I don't see the Broncos making the playoffs. Travis, uh, I saw Travis Weber there. What's up, big dog? He says, uh, good evening. Broncos had had better stats than KC, but turnovers and not scoring points doomed them. The positive is how our rookies are performing. Got to have a positive out of the negative. Go Broncos. Yeah, you know, I'll get, I'll tip my cap to Kareem Jackson today who was asked, hey, you know, you held uh, Patrick Mahomes to one of his worst games as a pro. Is that a moral victory that you and your teammates can hang your hats on, at least as a defense? And he said, look, this is the league. There is no such thing as a moral victory. Malik Reed had a little bit different answer. He, he, he was a little bit more nuanced, not quite so absolute, Zach. But bottom line is, it was all for naught. You did enough defensively to keep this game winnable. If you just had gotten a little help from your quarterback, you got a Herculean effort from your rookie running back who literally put the entire offense on his shoulders. If you got a little bit more from your quarterback, a little bit more from your OC, a little bit more from your receivers. Like I rarely find myself, Zach, having reason to criticize Cortland Sutton, but he didn't look like he was really wanting to be out there last night. You know, kind of short, short arm in it, so to speak, here and there. Like, where's the juice, man? Where's the juice? Where's the hunger? Maybe, it's Zach, it's because he's ice cold because he's been iced out of the offense since Jerry Judy returned. Yeah, but even Judy's not getting the balls thrown his way pretty much either, Chad. When your leading receiver is a running back, you have a problem in a game where the quarterback attempted 40 throws. And uh, two players, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, combined for three catches for, I think, 24 yards. That's unacceptable. So, uh, you know, I thought there were some components of the Broncos offense beyond Pookie that look good. Noah Fan had a decent game. Albert O saw a few passes come his way. Uh, the run blocking was really good. The pass pro was, you know, I would say pretty average. Uh, it wasn't the offense that was bad. I 100% agree with what you said earlier. It was the quarterback play. The quarterback lost the Broncos this game. The quarterback alone, not the defense, nobody else, the quarterback. Guys, we... Uh... Cody, appreciate you, bro. He says the refs screwed us on the fumble. You know, that's one thing Vic said today that I found myself agreeing with. And basically what he said was, had it been ruled a catch and fumble on the field, meaning that they just didn't blow the whistle, they let it unfold, not only would you have had a pick six potent, or a, you know return, but you would have the, the, it probably would have stood as a called fumble if they would have just let the play unfold. Instead, because it was ruled as an incomplete Zach on the field, they stuck to it. But either way, it's one of those wham-bam type of plays. Upon further review, I think it was a football move, tucking it away yeah. like that, but the, the refs disagreed. Yeah, I mean, bang-bang, judgment call kind of play. Um, I thought the refs got the call on the field wrong, and that's what kind of influenced the challenge. I thought it was a good challenge by Vic Fangio, uh, but I'm not one to really play the blame officiating game. The Broncos lost because the Broncos lost this game. It wasn't the refs that lost the Broncos the game. So that's as far... As I'll go with that. Guys, here is our rankings. We are now six nights into the month of December. As you know, when this month is over, we are going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winners choosing to one of these top five finishers on Super Chat. Now, the rankings as it stands, you got the Duchess at the very top, and she probably bolstered that by her contributions tonight. 
the DWI guys at two. They they won last month. Uh, he won, I should say, last month. Naj right there at three. Corey H at four. Casey Nickel at five, tied tied basically with Corey. And then just a few of the names, Kayaka, Tom, Cody, Cody Dub, you're in there, big dog, uh, in the running. So just a, an FYI, we didn't get a chance to show the rankings yesterday, and we'll show where we're at on, on Facebook here in just a few minutes. But uh, Michaela jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. She says, the definition of insanity is doing the same things and expecting different results. I think that was Einstein, right? Wasn't it Einstein that coined that definition of insanity? I thought I read sometime that it actually, it's actually not the definition. There's a different definition of insanity. I think that's become like it's a... one um, of the definitions of maybe. insanity. Regardless, though, it's insane for the Broncos to keep Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer and Tom McMahon around, and Teddy Bridgewater, for that matter, longer than they need to. So the last five games, when you think about it, it's the last five games of, of those people you know, plaguing the Broncos. Yeah. So Google says, according to uh, Albert Einstein, his version of insanity is doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. So <clears throat> Michaela, I think that is a, uh, a definite uh, definition of insanity. And you know what the Broncos, you know, they're, they're flying over the cuckoo's nest one last time. And uh, you know, you got another handful of games until you maybe get to clean house and, and start over and, Rid yourself of some of that madness, Zach. You know what else is insane? How good the Patriots look. It's, they're they're had the number one seed right now. They're up. I think it's eight nothing on the on the Bills in a snowstorm. They're running away with the conference once again. And those who doubted Belichick after Brady left, I think they can eat some crow now because the guy and Josh McDaniels too, for that matter. What they done with Mac Jones? Hell of a coaching staff they got there. Crazy. I like I like this from, from Scott, from Dave Mustaine. He of the Megadeth and Metallica fame. If I know I'm going crazy, I must not be insane. If I know I'm going crazy. George says, do you have any favorite uh, special teams, coordinators, defense coordinators, OCs, let alone head coach? You know, that's one of those um, series of decisions, in my opinion anyway, Zach, where it's not really a, a surface that you scratch till you know who the head coach exactly. is. Um, and that head coach obviously is in most cases is going to kind of have his own tree that he wants to kind of, you know, branch out, so to speak. But I'm more focused on who I like as head coach and then let the chips fall from there. Make those calls. You know, once we know who's in the running anyway, for head coach post Fangio. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. And uh, for those that think Vic Fangio can get fired as head coach or demoted, but stick around as defensive coordinator, it ain't going to happen. There's no precedent for it. I don't think it's ever happened in NFL history and it's not happening with Vic Fangio. Um, I did see a stat though, Chad, real quick about DCs. I know he's not going to be DC for the Broncos, but what the job that Wink Martindale is doing in Baltimore, they've lost so much talent on that defense. They just lost uh, another player today to a season-ending injury, uh, Marlon Humphrey, and they're like third in the red zone, eight against the run. It, it's just, you know, there's some really good defensive minds around the NFL. You know, he's a guy that definitely, I think, he's pretty old though to get his, he's kind of like Vic, not as old as Vic, but he's up there. Uh, as far as becoming a head, I know we're talking coordinators here, but as far as becoming a head coach candidate, Broncos fans, I think would have a hard time with that because they're still traumatized from the fact that he was a Josh McDaniels era guy. He went from, I want to say he was linebackers coach in year one under McDaniels when Mike Nolan was the defensive coordinator. And then when Mike Nolan was dismissed after the Broncos won their first six in 09 and then just went into a tailspin and fired Mike Nolan. 
I'm pretty sure Wink Martindale was promoted to defensive coordinator for, for 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Mike Reno, what's good, big dog? He says, I think a playoff win is required for Fangio to stay. Not a playoff berth, Zach, a playoff win. The look on Peyton's face said it's hard to ride this horse yeah. to the end of the season, but he will gut it out and fix it next year. I mean, not to sound narcissistic, Mike, but I think you're reading my Twitter because the look on George Payton's face said there's no way in hell Vic Fangio is surviving a playoff list season. So sans playoff berth. Playoff victory, I think, would ensure that. Playoff berth might, but no way in hell is he coming back short of those two markers. Nor should he. I'm trying to get the NFL.com website to reflect the current AFC playoff picture, but it doesn't wanting maybe maybe it's because there's still a game going tonight i think the football gods are telling us something then chad if you can't pull it up you know the angeles read the room thank you yeah no kidding maybe maybe it's uh, too soon right uh d'angelis thank you for the stars my friend very generous of you love you much uh appreciated uh stone carranza that's a cool name that's like the kind of name you'd read from like a 50s uh crime thriller where the detective is named stone Carranza, you know, and yeah, he's got a big cigar with slacks mouth. up to here. <laughs> yes. He says, Hey, Chad and Zach been watching for a while, but haven't had a chance to catch the pod live yet. Go Broncos. Hey, welcome to the manger stone. Thank you for uh, chipping in a few dollars. Yeah. Helps us out. Helps keep the lights on. And don't forget to uh, connect with us on Twitter. Cause we like to keep tabs and keep in touch with our superstars and our biggest supporters tag you after each show, things like that. So thank you, stone. Yeah, and if you have a question, feel free to put it in there, and we'll get to it. Uh, Dennis says, Priest, if we play well and earn a playoff spot, then okay. But if the Broncos don't play well and then back into the playoffs, then no. I'd still fire him, them. You know, I think uh, backing into the playoffs, kind of in the same complexion I, I, I said the way the 2011 season ended, with all the water that's under the bridge, I'm not sure Fangio keeps his job. I mean, after all, John's still at the top of this thing, Elway, right? He fired John Fox. Forget the whole mutual thing. John Elway was going to fire John Fox. And John Fox found a quick, easy landing place. And they decided to avoid the PR firestorm of firing a head coach that was winning and had just got you to the playoffs, four straight years to the playoffs, including a play, uh, Super Bowl berth. The, the PR blowback, let's just say this was a mutual parting of ways. No, no, no. Do not do not get it twisted. John Fox was fired, all right? A winning football coach on the heels of a playoff season. John's still in the building, Zach. Yeah, I know. It has happened before, but I don't think during a streak of, of this long without reaching the postseason, though. I mean, if he's the one to get the Broncos back, and despite everything they've been through this year with the rotating talent, the injuries – uh, Teddy, the play, all this, all these different factors. If he backs into the playoffs and reaches the tournament, I don't see George Payton getting rid of him. I don't. I, Payton doesn't strike me as impulsive, and you have to be if you want to fire a coach right after he leads you back to the playoffs. But I think if Fangio is the one to do that, he'll give him one more year to see whether it was a fluke. If he can get him back, great. If not, he'll be fired then. But short of that, I think he's gone for sure. Okay, Shoguki. Thank you for that super chat. And you know what? Also, thank you for the five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Yep. You're a ride-or-die member of our community, and you know we appreciate you, big dog. He says, it's over for Vic. Denver goes for – Zach, you know these uh, – Matt acronyms. Corral, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett. Hey, see, this is why I need Zach. 
when I need to interpret my teenager's text code to each other, right? When they're texting their buddies and I, or their friends and I need to know what this means, screenshot Zach go. And he's like, bam, bam, bam. I got you. Then I pull their card and I'm like, look, <laughs> I know I've got the Rosetta stone here. All right. <laughs> Don't step to me. I'm the old man. Either way. Keisho Gookie, you demand again. Thank you for that. Um, five-star rating. And yeah, it's uh, there are some intriguing quarterbacks in this class. None of them have the hype of even one of the quarterbacks probably from yeah. the first round this past, this past draft, but there's still a lot of row left to hope. I think the hype would get increased though. If the Broncos were taking that quarterback, whoever it may be, you know, to work under, let's say Brian Dayball or Byron Leftwich or Kellen Moore or Greg Roman. I think there'd be a lot of energy and excitement and optimism back in Broncos country as well. It should be. I'll say it again, like I said last night, this quarterback class might not be the best. It might be good and not great, but that's what having great coaching does for a quarterback. It makes them from good to great or from mediocre to good. That's what the the combination is so enticing when you think about bringing in a young, creative, uh, forward-thinking offensive mind and pairing him with a dynamic quarterback, maybe a dual threat like Malik Willis or someone with a really high floor like Matt Corral. That's a lot more exciting than selling the fan base on Teddy Bridgewater and Pat Shermer. No doubt. Guys, real quick, a, a detour to a little bit of a somber note here, a tragic note, if I'm being honest. We found out over the weekend that a longtime member of the Mile High Huddle community, you guys know him as Duke Boynton, has passed away at a very young age with uh, a house full of kids still that need providing for. And Troy, Eclipse Stormborn, I do appreciate you informing of that. You were the first to let me know. And then as soon as I opened my phone and start looking, I saw messages from other people uh, letting me know about Duke. So it really does um, break my heart because I know what Duke had been going through. Duke was a member of the community that I would keep in touch with. We'd talk on the phone, um, and he had kind of had to pull away from the, the nightly chats, Zach, because of, unfortunately, some uh, drama that had been going on. And uh, he had to handle things because he's a stand-up guy. He's a, he's a man, and... Um, I, I'm not going to betray anything that I know, which is very little about what transpired, how he, how he passed, but suffice to say it was sudden, unexpected, and very, very tragic. I've reached out to the family to see if there's anything uh, I can do, we can do uh, to help out. But yes, RIP to Duke. Seriously got much love for Duke yeah. and uh, high quality guy, very uh, principled. Cares a lot about his team, cares a lot about his family, cares a lot about his country. Had a lot of cool um, philosophical conversations with Duke, and uh, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. So thank you for bringing that to my attention, Troy. And I know as your friend, you know, that's a big loss to you, and I'm sorry for your loss as well, bro. I mean, yeah, that was uh, really well said, Chad. When you texted me that, I was really taken back. I was shocked, in fact, that, you know, that it's happened so suddenly and uh, you mentioned that you just talked to him recently, and it's just it's two the, weeks ago. It's the fragility of life, and it's so crazy. And uh, whatever we can do to help his family out or anyone, family or friends of Duke, we want to do that. But I uh, appreciate you, Eclipse, as you know, for bringing it to our attention. And uh, it's just a horrible thing. And when he did call me, he was calling me to tell me, "Hey, bro, I'm sorry I haven't been in the chat the last few months. Drama going on, but." forgive me. I'm going to be coming back soon. And I'm like, dude, forget it. Don't even worry about that. He's I'm listening after the fact I'm listening to the downloads. I'm like, dude, don't even trip. You got to take care of business. Seriously. Don't even mention it. Uh, I understand. How can I help? And so we we're going to, the plan was to be staying in touch and getting him back in the chat soon. And 
So I'm I'm still very stunned by it. You know, yeah. sudden sudden uh, passings like that are just hard to deal with. So thoughts and prayers up to the Boynton family. His girls are going to need it. And uh, once and if I hear back from his family on anything we might be able to do as a community, I might be able to do, um, I will pass that on. But yeah, prayers up for Duke's family and RIP to a legend. So sad. The fragility of life. Uh, now, sorry, guys, we had I, we had to honor him. And Troy, thank you for, uh, again, bringing that up, not only to our attention, but mentioning it in the chat. Had to, had to honor him. So let's get back to uh, some footy ball. All right. Um, segue. Real quick here. Miguel jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Says, I'm still disgusted by that game last night. There wasn't very much to uh, be excited about. I mean, you had Javante. You had... Pat Sertan bringing home another pick. And, guys, the Broncos have struggled traditionally <clears throat> since Patrick Mahomes became part of the equation to get turnovers on that cat. So to get to – I guess it was one, right? Or was it two? No, it was one. Just Pat Sertan. Just getting one. I'm like, holy cow. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. This is crazy. The Broncos just picked off Pastor 10. Now, of course, it was a drop pass tipped up in the air. Sertan was in great position to haul it in heads up play. So there's a little bit of luck involved, but that's the way turnovers go, Zach. Right place, right time. And, you know, good players put themselves in positions to make those plays happen. A lot of Ed Reed's picks were off deflections or where he read the play properly and was in the right place at the right time. Um, I'm not going to fault PS2 for making a pick. It was nice to see the Broncos turning him over. And it was nice to see Sertan recover from a really rough couple first series where he kind of, I don't want to say quit on the goal line, but he kind of pulled up, and the second series he was beat for a first down. So for him to stay with plays and uh, keep getting better and keep improving, his sky and his uh, his ceiling is just limitless. By the way, here's the actual quote that I had paraphrased earlier uh, from Vic talking about, again, this comes off to me as very just canned, forced, not really genuine, uh, genuine in the sense, Zach, of, or the spirit of, sincerely trying to get to the bottom of it it's uh making excuses saying things that he thinks media want to hear that i'm so surprised to hear. to hear that it's crazy what needs to happen vic over the final five games to create more offensive success quote we've got to figure out a way to score more points we're in the bottom third of the league in that and we got to do better scoring points no doubt about it we didn't have any rhythm last night in our passing game that's an understatement it says that we had 250 passing yards, I believe, but 34 of it came on the last play of the first half, and then a bunch came on the last two drives. We just never got into a good rhythm in the passing game. 
last night and then when asked Zach how the offense can establish that rhythm, that elusive rhythm. Quote, I think we've just got to marry the run game a little bit more. Call it on our terms and not get into obvious situations. I don't think we did last night too many times until a couple of those penalties in a row we had there. We just have to have a better mix. Zach, being married to the run game. Now, I don't have the – I'm going off of what one person in the chat said, but if it's true, because I haven't charted this game, if it's true the Broncos ran one play action, what are you talking about, Vic, being married to a run game? They could. We're talking utter divorce here, Zach. It's an annulment in the running game. And didn't he just say we have to do it better? And then said we did a pretty good job of it. He has no idea what he's talking about. You know, he he's talking on both sides of his, sides of his mouth constantly, and the tune changes by the day. Because yesterday, Sunday after the game, he mentioned, as I wrote earlier and talked about earlier, that Teddy did a lot of good things. And when he was asked about the interceptions, well, he said, he said, well, one was a tip pass and the other one I didn't see. Once again, by the way, he didn't see an offensive play go down, even though he's the head coach. It sounds like he's being uh, coached or prompted by the Broncos PR department. And that he, that's why everything sounds disingenuous. That's why his tunes are constantly changing and contradicting themselves. He has no idea what he's doing at all. Josh, and, and by the way, on that same point, I, you're so right because – You know, he took great umbrage to someone in the media. I Again, I don't know who it was. It wasn't someone I recognized or else I would have remembered and credited them. But he took great umbrage to the notion that the Broncos are a Jekyll and Hyde team, right? High highs followed immediately by low lows. And yet today he called their passing offense, and especially on third down and red zone, that they've been a roller coaster this year. Really high, like last week (laughs) against the Chargers, 8 for 11 and 3 for 3 to what it was last night, which was just not even worth mentioning. It's like both sides of the mouth, words coming out. Hmm. I'm still waiting to hear what good things he talked about that Teddy did yesterday. Please, Vic, enlighten me. Waiting. Josh, appreciate you. He says, I know we're not a playoff team, but record-wise, we are in the hunt. If you have a better chance with Locke and Shula, isn't Peyton's, isn't it Peyton's job to step in? Only if you believe that that... Only if you assume George Payton believes that they would give the Broncos a better chance. But even if you believe that George Payton believes that he might philosophically, Zach, be the type of GM where he's, he doesn't meddle on game days. He doesn't meddle on starting lineups. That's the coach's purview. A lot of GMs are that way, especially new guys who, you know, you're, you're suddenly the, the boss in the building. And yet the guy that is directly under you that you're kind of partnered with, saddled with however you want to in Vic Fangio he's been here longer than you he's senior to you in terms of tenure and age and NFL experience too for being frank and so I would guess that Peyton's being quite hands-off on things like that that's the thing though we're learning of George Payton as a GM as he goes along in the process. I mean, even during the Elway years toward the end, I was still trying to pick up on Elway's MOs and how he was going about conducting business. And, you know, you got a trend pattern with him, and we're going to get one from George Payton as we see in his second offseason. So we don't really know how he handles these certain things until we see it play out. But I agree with you. Uh, he is pretty hands-off. I, I don't think he's impulsive. He's not reactionary. He uses logic and not emotion to make his decisions. And I don't think right now, 6-6, six and six, the Broncos still in the hunt technically. It's the right time to fire the coach. You have five games left. Wait it out until then and then clean house. You know, you got to keep in mind too, reputation-wise, John Elway began to kind of earn that of a meddler. 
And for prospective head coaching candidates, that's very, uh, that's a turnoff, right? That yeah. uh, I don't have this dude, you know, strong arming me, micromanaging me. Now nah, I'm going to take the other interview. So it's a fine line. I think there are times though, there where rubber meets the road. And if you see a solution that you truly believe is better than what the coaches see, you got to at least mention it, right? Yeah. At least bring it up in your team meetings. And I'm sure if George sees those solutions, he's probably seen them. David says, did you guys see the Jerry Judy post a video on Instagram? No, you'll have to tell us what it is. We can look into it after the stream, but um, let us know. Give us a hint. Big dog. Was his conditioning good at least? Yeah. Are we talking like NFL level conditioning or sec level? Cody dub. Thank you, buddy. Manning could have come out of retirement and won the game last night. That's how bad Teddy played. That's how bad Teddy played, Zach. And it's also how good the defense managed to limit Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, the seriously, let me let me just run some numbers by you guys. And if I were to have told you going into this game, if I said, hey, my crystal ball um, kicked out these numbers, did the Broncos win or lose? You would have probably assumed the Broncos won the game. So Pat Sertan barely or no, yeah, barely at 50% completion, 184 yards, one pick, 57 rating. But look at the studs that notoriously crushed the Broncos. Travis Kelsey, only three receptions on eight targets for 27 yards. Tyreek Hill, five targets. They only allowed two receptions for 22. Now, Tyreek had a couple of drops. But nevertheless, Zach, if I were to say, hey, Broncos country, this defense limits uh, Pat Mahomes to 184 through the air, Kelsey to 27 and Hill to 22. How many Broncos fans are saying, oh, we're winning this game? A lot. And, you know, if you watch Travis Kelsey, the catches he made, he was wrapped up immediately by Kenny Young. There was no yak for Travis Kelsey. So I think Young did a really good job in the first, you know, installment of the Kelsey versus Broncos edition for the season. The defense did play well enough to win. The running game played well enough to win. You know, the offensive line, for the most part, played well enough to win, but the coaching didn't and the quarterback didn't. Same old story, same old Broncos. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, we're at 35 minutes. We're doing pretty good. Yvonne, what's going on? He says, changes can be expected once we're out of the playoffs or once we have a losing season, right? Uh, right? Yeah, so typically, once the math eliminates a team, you know, and especially with the newer rules where you can, you know, you can start interviewing before the season ends, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Broncos make a move um, only because, Zach, George Payton is now running things. John Elway, you know, he's a guy that kind of, I think, resists that and waits till the last second and then pulls the plug, even if he knows he's going to pull the plug like he does it on Black Monday. But the Broncos, I think, have to get eliminated. And it's not going to take too, more, too many more losses for that to happen, Zach. I mean, there's only five games left. Two more losses, you're three more losses, I guess, and you are sub 500. Probably in this AFC, you're out. Two more, though, you still have a chance to finish plus 500, but it's probably not going to be enough to keep you in the in the dance. But because they've kind of hovered around 500 and above slightly through the middle of the season, Zach, they're probably going to be mathematically alive until the last couple of weeks, I'm guessing. Riddle me this. They lose on their home field to one win Detroit. 
do you keep Fangio around? Is there utility in doing so for the final four games after that? I don't think so. I think you got to pull the trigger at that point. I mean, that would be the lowest point of the Broncos since Peyton Manning, I feel like. So it could happen before then. I still think Peyton will ride it out for as long as the Broncos are mathematically alive. And But, but Chad said that can end pretty quickly. I still think, though, there's going to be a massive change if or maybe when. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, they lose to the Lions next week. God. DH3 with a good point here. Yeah, Bridgewater was supposed to feed the playmakers, remember? That's what one of the ways um, the proponents of the Teddy decision back in August tried to sell their takes was, hey, look, Drew, he's hot, he's cold. You never know what – you can't really trust him to feed the guys that can really make a difference. He's too, you know, half-cocked. Teddy Bridgewater has done a horrendous job of showing the, the presence of mind of knowing how to feed the, the guys that butter the bread. I'm talking Sutton. I'm talking Fant. Fant's a non-factor now. Fant is like, has worked, been worked out. And, you know, he shares complicity in this, obviously. But Noah Fant is only a couple of years removed from being this team's first round pick. He's an afterthought. He's not even a... He's not even like forward brain, front of brain focus of the offense. And we're talking about Noah Fant. How many offensive coordinators in this league would kill to have just that guy in their offense? And the Broncos, he's just being squandered. You could say the same for Cortland Sutton, the same for Timmy P of late anyway. The only guys that have really been relatively consistent in Teddy attention is Jerry Judy. And oddly, Albert Okuwebunam. Makes sense of it, I don't know. By the way, did you hear how Al Michaels and Collinsworth butchered Alberto's? They didn't even try. It sounded like they were coughing or sneezing while they were saying it, Chad. You know, but it's kind of hard to feed someone if you don't have a spoon. And Teddy doesn't have a spoon. He has no way to feed them. He squandered, as you mentioned, uh, Noah Fan, a first-round pick. I think he's still squandering Jerry Judy. The Broncos' offense is first-round pick. Cortland Sutton's second-round pick. Hey, if K.J. Hamler wasn't injured, they'd be squandering him, too, a second-round pick. I never expected Teddy to get the playmakers the ball. That was my biggest fear, actually. That's why I wanted the Broncos to go with Drew Locke, because at least he has the arm to feed the playmakers. That's how you do it. You don't get them three combined catches for 24 yards in a pass-heavy game script. To your point about Fanto, all he is now, Chad, is a sixth offensive lineman. Nothing more. Uh, here we have David Wilder, who says, What happens if somehow we lose to Detroit? And then, of course, giving some thoughts and prayers for Duke's family. Zach, if the Broncos inexplicably drop one to the one win, right? Lions have one victory this year. Yep. Came yesterday. We've said it before, but does Vic still have a job the next Monday, a week from today, if they lose to the Lions? Well, I... If you, if you lose to the Lions, you go 6-7. and seven. I think the common logic would indicate that they're going to fire Fangio on Black Monday anyway. They're giving it a chance until they can't justify that chance anymore. So what's the difference if you fire him four weeks early and get a, a, an early jump start on your next head coaching interview process? I don't know how you can come back from that. I mean, the Lions are dreadful. The Broncos' backups should be able to beat the Lions starters. But if they don't, on their home field... You know, and if they lose that game, it'd be three of their last four. You gotta yeah. pull the trigger. You can't do it. Mike Reno says the reason Fanjo's is 
gone is because he won't fire any of these coaches. So if Peyton wants some of them replaced, wants some of them replaced, Fangio's a must-fire at that point. Meaning, so you know, the reason Fangio's on his way out the door is because he's stubbornly holding on to these coaches that are, well, frankly, selling him short. I mean, Tom McMahon, the only guy Vic can really count on is his lieutenant, which is Ed Donatel. Passer, uh, Passer Dan. Pat Shermer, man, what a disappointment this guy has been. And when the Broncos hired him, I was uh, not very pleased at the firing of Rich Gangarello just because of how strong the team finished with Drew in 2019. But I was like, hey, you're getting Pat Sertan. I did it again. Shermer, uh, two years or so, removed Zach from being the AP assistant coach of the year. I'll take an optimistic posture on this, and let's hope. And then you get the pandemic year, and you're like, well, charge it to the pandemic. Turns out, guys, it wasn't the pandemic. Pat Shermer is just not a good modern-day NFL offensive coordinator. Similar to his quarterback, Zach, takes perfect conditions, perfect personnel, perfect schedule to get any blood out of that rock. I'm just, I got my shock face going right now that a, a twice fired head coach from Cleveland and the Giants was worse than a disciple from Kyle Shanahan that went four and one with a rookie quarterback. Uh, shocked. I never liked a Shermer hire. I've hated it more and more by the week. I just laugh at people now that defend him. He's indefensible as far as I'm concerned. This is pretty funny though. I was laughing at this. This is what well, this was a, an accurate representation of what Al Michaels uttered last night. Yeah. It's, not I mean, every I, every single week. No, everyone is butchering his name. Every single announcer. It's become a weekly thing. I get it because it is. I mean, we had our <clears> – <throat> I mean, it took us a couple months to really kind of get it down. We would just avoid it and say, Albert O, you know. Um, it's not easy, but we – those television broadcasts and the, and the color guys and the radio, they get the same game capsule <laughs> that we do. And in that capsule, it lists the tough pronunciations. <laughs> so take some time and – and the producers of those shows should be like, all right, let's see which are the weird ones for this team. All right, Al, Chris, make sure – here, practice this one in the mirror a few times. Uh, Travis, besides his one penalty, it was great to see Garrett Bowles play lights out. I agree. I think he was really good, at least in pass pro. I don't know how great he was in the run game. I'm really interested to see what uh, Eric Trickle's grades reveal or might reveal on that front, but he was good, man. And the, the Chiefs have a – solid pass rushing rotation from Frank Clark to uh, Ingram. Chris Jones is more interior, but still it was good to see. And this is after almost a month. No, not a month, two and a half weeks, three weeks. Let's see. His last game was Washington. So he missed the Dallas game, the Philly game, the bye last week. So yeah, a month of inactivity to come back and play so, arguably like his most complete game of the season. Hats off to him. I think Cushenberry played decently as well in the middle, getting some push for Javante, blowing Chiefs off the ball. Not an easy assignment when you're blocking Chris Jones. But, Chad, can you spell Alberto? Al Albert Okawebunam. Oh, yeah. You want me to do it? I do. I still have to spell check it. So All right. O-K-W-U-E-G-B-U-N-A-M. Kaboom. Nice. I'm impressed. I only know that because I've written it so many times in articles that it's been ingrained in the in the in the old brain. Um, the Cowboys have a player named O.C. Odigazua. I mm. I cannot spell his name to save the life of me. I have to look it up every time. It's one of those things you can't one. memorize. It's a tough one. So many vowels in that one, right? Um, Colby 
aka Triple C in the house. Who needs Triple A when you got Triple C? Appreciate those stars, my friend. Seriously, thank you, Colby. Um, okay, let me see here. We are at 45 minutes. Guys, while we got a quick <laughs> breather, Charlie gives me a good reminder Y'all to later. show you guys where we stand on this month's uh, Facebook contest. We're trying to get 250,000 stars. And for those of you wondering on Facebook, stars is similar to Super Chat on YouTube, where it's a way you can support the shows, the channel uh, live, all right, throwing out stars. And when we reach 250K, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winners choosing. The only people in the running for that raffle are the people who contributed to the goal. And as you can see here, we are six days in and 11% complete. We're a little bit behind the eight ball. All right. We need to kind of move things along if we want to be sure to hit the goal. Well, let's take a look at who's in the running right now at the very top. Might as well do the last seven days because we're only six days in. Andrew Lampy, number one. The Aviator, Shane Daniels, two. Travis Weber, three. Andrew Baker, Lawrence Rivera, Ivan, Pete, Doug, Miguel, and Mark round out the top ten. So shout out and much love to each and every one of you. Can't wait to see who wins that raffle because I know we're going to hit goal. And Charlie says, our defense was spectacular, but so was theirs. Man, the Chiefs really turned it around defensively the few weeks leading into their bye and they just always get their dander up for the Broncos. It's like that bully mentality, that just supreme confidence. It's like a cat toying with the mouse in the corner, right? Like just utter and absolute confidence. And the Broncos offense just didn't have it in them to be that mouse that punched back. You know, they weren't going to be mighty mouse this time. They were going to go ahead and take the beating. Do you think it's like get off my lawn, old man of me to say they weren't spectacular? I mean, they played a really, really good game, but they had some holes as well. I mean, Edwards Hilaire kind of pushed the pile forward and got some first downs. They didn't get too many sacks on Patrick Mahomes. They didn't get much pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And I think a lot of missed opportunities for Mahomes as well, drop passes, missed passes, it, it could have easily been a blowout. They played a really, really, really good game. I don't know about spectacular, but I do know the offense blew the game for the Broncos. Travis Tarbox, appreciate you, says, you'd think an eight-year veteran quarterback would make better decisions. So many guys wide and uh, wide open, and Teddy throws a horrible pick to Judy while he's double covered. You know, that play, they get paid too. This is not to make excuses for Teddy because it was a bad throw, bad decision. He was baited into that throw, and he just he got taken. He got, he got took. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> they get paid too, Zach. But wasn't the whole point of playing Teddy to not make those decisions, not make those throws? That's why you benched Drew Locke. I mean, the threat or the actuality of turnover-worthy plays. That's why you went with the safer, steady Teddy Bridgewater. But it wasn't even close. It was intended for Jerry Judy. Judy wasn't even out of his break yet. So it's just a really bad throw, but a worse decision by Teddy. He's, I think he's regressing as a quarterback this season. That's the problem. Stone jumping in over on Facebook, too. Thank you, buddy. That's uh, true ride-or-die support, and we really appreciate it. Guys, we're about out of time. we probably got to keep it a little bit tight tonight just because of some things I have cooking. Um, before we get out of here, Zach, um, I just want to take one last spin through the chat. And, yeah, guys, uh, thoughts and prayers to the family of Duke Boynton. They're going to need it. Uh, again, he was the sole provider for his family, and he still had all three of his girls under his roof couple of grandbabies too. So they're going to need it. And I've, again, I've reached out to them 
in hopes of being able to uh, offer our help if uh, if they do wish to accept it, whether it's individually or if they end up getting a GoFundMe going or something. If they do that, we will be sure to push that out, make sure you guys know about it. Um, because Duke, you know, he was a big reason why our community caught fire the way it did early on when we started doing these live streams. And even if not for that, he's just a, he was a good friend and a, and a great Broncos fan and a good man yeah. that, uh, that we lost. So Lando, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, so with that, Zach, I know, uh, Shane Daniels is getting one last question and then we'll dip on out of here. He says, if we took Josh Allen instead of Bradley Chubb in the 2018 draft, because Broncos had a chance, Broncos could have drafted Allen, Rosen, and Lamar took Chubb. Would he have developed into what he is today, Josh Allen, if it would have been the Broncos? My answer to that is a resounding no, but it's one of those things you you just, you never know. I just think it's easier to find the coach than the quarterback, though. So as long as you had the quarterback in place and the foundation to work with, you could have found him his Brian Dayball, whoever, but you know, hindsight is 2020 and the Broncos coaching back then they didn't have it. I mean, they had a, was it Musgrave in 2018 at that yep. point? I mean, who yep. was the quarterback's coach? Quarterback's coach was, um, it wasn't nap. I think it was the nap. No, it wasn't napper. I think it was napper who was also it? has recently passed. I'm not positive. I can double check on that, but I think, dude, I think it was napper. I don't know. I don't think Musgrave was the one to unlock Josh Allen. So I'm still with you on that, Shane, or, you know, what you're implicating there. If they would have taken him, he wouldn't have been the same Josh Allen that we've come to know. He would have looked a lot more like the Josh Allen the first two seasons until he got that good coaching. Yeah, he so Napper was gone after 16. He left with Coop. Coops, yeah. Um, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, but either way. I got to Google was, that. It's bothering me now. It was a lame duck regime. I don't think it would have made the difference that year. So VJ Mike Sullivan, fired. Chad. Oh, that's right, Sully. That's so, right. So, so, so uh, unforgettable. Yeah, and bizarre because at the time you had two Mike Sullivans in right. the organization because you had the Cap Czar. Um, but guys, uh, thank you for joining us tonight for the Aftermath Podcast. We love each and every one of you. We got to dip out, but before we do, Zach's going to run down some yes, how sir. to connect with us, and I'm going to pull up Facebook. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us for our, you know, aftermath episode of the Huddle Up podcast, reacting to the Broncos. Um, I would say feckless week 13 loss in prime time with first place on the line. Terrible loss for them. But until we see you guys next, which is Wednesday evening, 6 Mountain, 8 Eastern, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Follow the main account at Mile High Huddle for all your Broncos news, rumors, analysis, film breakdowns, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow our producer, Scott Kennedy, at Scout Kennedy on Twitter. And go to HuddleUpPod.com right now and get yourself a comfortable dad hat. I was almost going to drop a curse word there. Get yourself a trucker hat. Get yourself a coffee mug. Get yourself a hoodie all right there, huddleuppod.com. And if you haven't, guys, go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. Three VIP shows at your fingertips. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcast and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win a hat, coffee cup, etc etc each and every month but if you can't do any of those things totally understand that totally get that do these three things take a few seconds subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you 
And guys, these uh, premium VIP podcast shows that Zach's talking about, only our paying Facebook supporters currently are getting access to that. When we roll out our YouTube membership in January, that'll change. But for now, you got to be a Facebook supporter and you could be in on Broncos Book Club. Right now, we are on book two, Slow Getting Up by Nate Jackson, phenomenal book. Uh, We just got started on that and it will return again this week. So, yes, become a supporter. Easy to do. Top of the page. Big blue button. But, guys, here's how we finished on Facebook. Yvonne at the top. Love seeing that. Thank you, Yvonne. Shane, number two, Stone. Stone's throwing down on YouTube. Stone's throwing down on Facebook. Just phenomenal. Andrew Baker, Doug Raquel, DeAngelis Jones, David Wilder, Travis Tarbox, Lando, Don't Call Me, Calrissian Lee, Mike Reno, George Fox, And when I say that, Lando, I hope you know it is truly out of admiration and slight, like, bitterness that I was not named Lando. I wish I was named Lando. That's no lie. Uh, George Fox, Travis Weber, Colby C. Collier, a.k.a. Triple C, Charlie Young, Miguel, Dave Glassman. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. And as Zach said, we're off tomorrow. So uh, enjoy Broncos for breakfast. Enjoy building the Broncos. And we'll see you Wednesday night. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.